Welcome to The Pulse on Akaville Radio, hosted by Rachel Schoenbaum. Welcome to yet another episode of The Pulse. I'm your host, Rachel, and I am so thrilled to have the Pensions, who are the University of Pennsylvania's ass-kicking, name-taking, and award-winning all-male acapella group and college ambassadors for members-only apparel. In partnership with Phil Abundance, the largest hunger relief organization in the Delaware Valley, the Pensions have created an online concert series, Bedroom Box. Welcome. And this is such a cool project. How awesome that you guys managed to put this together. Thank you so much. This has been a really exciting process for us, you know, as a college acapella group struggling with COVID and how to perform and do exciting things during this period, we've had to get really creative. And part of that has been doing this video series as a way to both engage the members and engage the audience. And we're really enjoying it. So thank you for having us on the show. I wonder if you could start with the conception of Bedroom Bops and where the idea came from. Absolutely. In previous semesters, we've done kind of live concerts and studio recordings, and those aren't really things that are feasible right now. And so as a result, we've gotten into doing these videos online. We record, and it's a way that we can both socially distance, but also foster community within the group. So Bedroom Bops is this idea of we're all home right now, we're all sheltering, but we have equipment, we have a passion to sing, and so we're making use of those and we're producing this concert series as a result. So Bedroom Bops is a product of that kind of love for singing and a desire to keep things moving even when we're all on our own. So I wonder, is it requisite that you wear pajamas when you record? <laughs> how, how true are you to the bedroom aspect of the bedroom box? We love our costumes. We will occasionally, like even when we're back in person, our concerts, the second act of our show, we always dress up in a costume. It's just part of the group's whole vibe. And we tried to bring that into our concert series here as well. So we will have at least parts of our video where we're in costume. We also like to wear our members only for, it depends on what kind of song we're singing. And then occasionally we'll see in a song that'll be coming out, hopefully this coming week, we're all wearing jackets in that video. So it really depends. We love our pajamas. Fair enough. So I know that you partnered with Phil Abundance and I wonder if you could talk about how that partnership came about. When we started this, Bedroom Bops was actually the second concert series that we've done virtually. The original one, which was last spring, was called Social Distancing, also in the theme of, you know, being home and singing under quarantine. At that time, we realized we were getting a lot of video views and this was a great platform, but also it was a time where there were a lot of things going on in the world, one of which was a huge amount of food insecurity, people were losing their jobs, things like that. And we realized that this was a really good, albeit a little bit unconventional platform for supporting a cause like that. And so Phil Abundance was an organization that we'd heard of in the past. It's in the Philadelphia community. They're helping people that are very close to us physically. And as a result, we thought it was a perfect kind of match. And it's been great. What was their response to your reaching out to them? They were great. We initially sent out the email in the spring semester of last year with an alumnus of ours, Marjan Enriquez. He reached out to them and said, you know, we have this idea. Can we work on a, a co-collaboration here where we do some marketing together and hopefully your viewership, they can come and watch our videos and get even more passionate about your charity organization. And that's exactly what we saw happen. We had people come from Phil Abundance to watch our YouTube videos and then they were so happy with the result that they ended up supporting Phil Abundance even more. Going into this semester, you know, we were deciding whether or not we wanted to focus on a different issue this semester or, you know, if we were even going to do a charity organization at all. We decided that we had so much success last year that we should just keep building that connection and keep helping our Philadelphia community. And that's what we decided to do. That's awesome. I'd like to shift back to the music a little bit and ask, how do you come up with the songs that you choose to perform? We have a very democratic song selection process. Everybody who has been in the group for more than a semester, so they aren't in their first semester in the group, is eligible to have their own solo every semester before we start the semester 
semester, each person picks a number of songs that they would want to sing for themselves, and they kind of present it to the group when we do a song selection meeting. Everybody that is singing their solo is very passionate about the song that they're singing because they've brought it in. It's songs that they want to sing, and the group will offer thoughts and input on how they think it will translate to acapella and how they think that person sounds on those songs. But at the end of the day, each person is picking what they want to sing. Then that person will have a hand in arranging it, or the music director or interested alums or other members in the group will help to arrange these songs kind of all together. So we're kind of all collectively trying to give life to what each person has said that they're most passionate about. It's really a nice way for everyone to feel very invested in the music, I think. I was actually in a different acapella group at another university when I was a freshman. And my experience of that aspect of the pensions is very unique. That's really a huge part of making the group what it is and making the vibe what it is. Because most acapella groups, you choose the songs, you choose the solos, and then whoever is interested will audition for the solos. That can create competition within the group. Whereas the pensions, I've really never felt competitive with the other members. And I think that the structure of having every returning member get a solo plays a huge part in that. I'm personally really grateful that that's been the policy for my whole time. You mentioned numbers. I bet those very excited about making those suggestions may offer even a dozen. And one of the songs that you picked is 12 Fingers, just to make a little pun there. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that song selection and how that one came to your attention. So that was my solo, actually. How did I choose that song? Right. So I forget what the other two songs were. Usually we come in with three songs total for our final day of deliberation of what song we're going to be performing that semester. And I actually got inspiration from Liam, the current talking head, since he had actually chosen a song by the same group, Young the Giant, called My Body. I am now a sophomore, but my freshman year when I was auditioning, his song My Body, when I watched the YouTube video for it, it was what sold me on the group and made me want to audition. So I ended up really liking the band, liking their music a lot. And I think the message behind that song, 12 Fingers, is really applicable right now because it talks about remembering what once was and then hoping to see that again soon. that's all throughout the entire song. And that's where we are right now. We can see the end of this dark tunnel very soon with the vaccine coming out and a lot of things going the right direction. That's why I chose the song to try to encapsulate all the feelings that the group is having at that point. One of the reasons why 12 Fingers specifically is very near and dear to me is not just because I'm a huge fan of the song. I'm a huge fan of the the group, as Evan mentioned, but also it marked a turning point for us. It was the first song that we released uh, as part of Bedroom Bops. And it was a huge departure in terms of format from how we had been doing videos previously with social distancing, which is very much of, if you look at the videos online, kind of a Zoom style, we're all in our own windows, to a much more fluid kind of format and a lot more exciting and explorative with moving parts and and B-roll footage shots and all these really cool aspects that we hadn't really done previously. And obviously a lot of that credit goes to Evan because he did the editing for his own video, which is amazing. But that was a huge step up for us in terms of the quality that we were putting out. Well, let's take a listen to 12 Fingers, as mentioned, originally performed by Young the Giant and soloed by Evan Bean. Arrangement is by Dylan Levine, Evan Bean, and Evan McClelland. Here are the pensions with 12 fingers. Hold up, hold up there past me. We don't have a license to play music on this podcast. So if you want to hear this interview uninterrupted, including all the fantastic music that's involved, go to Akaville.org and become a member. Thanks. And now we return you to our regularly scheduled interview. 
That was so lovely. It was really well done. And we'll post in the liner notes, the link to the video so others can see, but I can see what you're talking about in terms of that fluidity of the video. It was really neat. I want to ask about your recording all of this in lockdown and in, in quarantine. Can you mm -hmm. talk a little bit about how that process has gone for you and the lessons you've learned doing it? Basically, our general process is each of us records. Usually all of our footage is on iPhone. Some of the B-roll is done on better cameras, especially Liam's video, his B-roll footage I shot for him on a better camera, but most of our footage is on iPhone front facing. And then we each record, you know, audio through a mixer and a microphone that we have distributed throughout multiple members. What it does is it creates a bit of a logistical challenge in terms of getting everyone to get their footage in on time, get their audio in on time so that we can keep to a standardized release schedule. But for the most part, our guys have been absolutely amazing about working diligently and getting their stuff in. And obviously I think the videos reflect that a lot. It's been a very interesting process trying to sort of evolve from social distancing to now, but I think the process that we're and the videos that we're putting out now are a reflection of that sort of evolution and I, we're really proud of the product. Yeah. About the equipment, did everybody have their own stuff or was there no. just like a group? <laughs> we <that> did not. <laughs> yeah. Originally when we first started back in the spring, we're obviously all caught off guard by the start of COVID and we all immediately went home. A lot of people didn't have mics at all. A lot of those first songs we did in that first series, the audio was recorded just on iPhone audio, and then the video was recorded just on iPhone video. And it was definitely like a lower budget as far as the equipment goes. But once we got to the end of the summer, and we knew that we weren't coming back to school in person, and it looked like we couldn't even see the end of the tunnel yet, we thought maybe it's time we start investing in better equipment so that all of our stuff can just be taken to that next level. A couple of members, myself included, bought better equipment on our own, but we also provided a couple sets of stuff for the group out of our group budget. So between those two things, we were able to get most people equipped with stuff that took our audio and video to the next level, which is, I think, exactly what we've been trying to do pre and post COVID. We've been really trying to just push boundaries every time we do something new. So moving into this semester, that's definitely what this was. We were trying to get that kind of professional audio sound, even though we were at home, which is exactly why we called this bedroom bops, that modern genre of bedroom pop, where it's having that kind of high quality quality audio, but still from home. And that's what we were trying to go for. You know, one of the new things or, or maybe different from usual things that you guys did was you recorded a song in Spanish and not many people choose to do that. And I'm speaking specifically about Azul, which means blue. And I wonder, you know, how did that song come to be? In keeping with everybody being spread apart, again, we went from having everybody on campus meeting in the basement of some campus building every other day to rehearse to being all across not only the country, but the globe. And we actually have a member of the group who's Argentinian. He spent the semester living in Argentina with his family. And he, as a result, said, you know, I want to do something that reflects this experience that I'm having right now. And for him, that meant singing this song in Spanish. And a lot of us don't speak Spanish, but we were happy to oblige. And I actually remember when I was recording this and learning it, I was zooming in with one of the other members and he was coaching me on my pronunciation and my syllables to make sure not only that we did the song justice, but that we were doing this for our, our friend who was far away from home and trying to kind of foster that community. It ended up being really cool. It's one of my favorite songs that we've done just because it really is a departure and we're enjoying it a lot. The member who's soloing on this, Bowdy, he has a trend of pushing the boundaries of penchants and like actually being the first on a lot of things. He actually composed and performed
performed our first original song called Intertwined, which is also on our YouTube channel if you want to check it out. So he is a creative force for the group and just an absolutely invaluable member. And he's also our assistant music director. So he does a lot of the audio mixing as well for our current series. Huge shout out to Dottie for that one. Yeah, I wonder, was it hard for you all to, for maybe those who don't know Spanish, sort of as Liam mentioned, to, to learn the correct pronunciation? Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. Also, we tried to build that into the arrangement a bit where we wouldn't be singing that many words. We tried to keep it kind of minimal, the phrases that we did have to sing and little bits and phrases here and there. But we made sure to have Bowdy help us all in a Zoom call all together, one of our Zoom rehearsals, as much as it could be a rehearsal. He <laughs> went over the pronunciation with all of us and coached all of us, which I think was very helpful. Let's hear Azul, originally performed by Christian Castro. The solo is, as mentioned, Bowdy Gallino. The arrangement is Bowdy Gallino, Devin Levine, and Evan McClellan. Here is the pensions with Azul. Hold up, hold up there past me. We don't have a license to play music on this podcast. So if you want to hear this interview uninterrupted, including all the fantastic music that's involved, go to akaville.org and become a member. Thanks. And now we return you to our regularly scheduled interview. I loved it. I happened to speak a little bit of Spanish. It was really beautiful. Such a, such a lovely song. I wonder if we can talk a little bit about some of the things that you're going to be doing in the future. What is coming up for the pensions next semester? We're heading straight into a new semester right now. Uh, classes start in five days for us, which is really exciting. And while a lot of us are going to be in and around campus, the format and the necessity to still distance hasn't changed. We're continuing to do a new virtual concert series, and it's going to have eight brand new songs that we're really excited to be performing, rolling out from now through April, maybe early May. And so we're going to be continuing to step up the caliber of the work we've been doing, get more creative with video, better quality with audio, but continue to kind of do the same thing we have been doing, which is singing songs we really love and having fun with them. I think <laughs> one of the most important things that's changing this semester is not something that's necessarily visible to other people, but we've really been trying to streamline our organizational process, which has been something that last spring we were thrown online in the middle of the semester. We had learned some songs, we had started our semester and then everything was thrown out of whack. Getting into a rhythm of submitting audio and then submitting video and mixing and mastering the audio and editing together the video and doing all of those different steps. There were a lot of different moving pieces and it was hard to streamline all of that. And I think that's been kind of an ongoing thing that we've been getting better and better at. And going into this semester, I'm the most confident about how we're attacking this. I think we're really getting into the groove of this. I'm not sure how long we will have to do virtual stuff, but I think that this will help the organization of the group even perhaps past COVID when we can be back in person as well. And Evan is underselling his own importance in that because as oh the music God. director, you know, he's in charge of the arrangements and getting everything early. He's part of the reason why we're on track to succeed right now. He's a huge part of it, actually. <laughs> in terms of groups who may want to do something similar to what you're doing. Is there any advice or recommendations you would do to help them save them some of that time and pain that you guys have experienced? First of all, figure out marketing and promotion ahead of time. That's going to be a huge part of making, you want to make any show you do successful, but especially when it's online and you want to have like a set release schedule so that people are like consistently joining in on you know, YouTube premieres and stuff like that. Figure out your theme and figure out your marketing. Evan Bean has been a, a powerhouse in terms of marketing, creating a lot of the promotional material and just being a workhorse in terms of just editing and all that stuff. So a huge shout out to Evan. He makes my job as, as marketing director a lot easier. The only thing that I wanted to add, and perhaps it's a, a bit technical, but I'd say my biggest piece of advice for anyone that's trying to do this type of thing online is to arrange music in a way that it can translate well to everybody recording their audio separately. Kind of lose that 
energy that you have from in-person performance and the energy that we get off of each other while we're performing. So having arrangements that are accessible and digestible, but also making sure you write in rests so everyone knows where to breathe because you won't be able to convey that as well through a normal in-person rehearsal and stuff like that. Write out everything as straightforward as possible from the get-go. So in marketing, make, making sure that everything's like very like straightforward, but keeping everything very simple is definitely something that has served us very well. And then just from the production side of things, when it comes to editing the videos or editing the audio, we've been very fortunate that it's all been kept within our group. Uh, we have either group members or alumni who really contribute heavily to our production side of things. And I would like to shout out Dylan Levine, who is our best audio producer ever. He graduated just a couple of years ago. You know, a lot of groups are not that fortunate to have a lot of people with the technical skills within their group. So they have options. They can either try to foster those skills or they have to be able to budget in some kind of cost of giving it to someone else. Probably right now, the easier is to, to do the work yourself, given, you know, a lot of financial constraints on groups since they can't get the same kind of revenue they usually get from performing. The best tips we can give is getting some software like Adobe Premiere or anything like that, and maybe some audio software like Logic and having someone willing to start learning that stuff because that's the easiest way to streamline it. Well, then they can pass that information hopefully down to the next generation of members. The most important factor in deciding how many songs we were going to do this semester was how many songs do our members want. That seems simple, but it, it matters a lot when you're talking about online and keeping morale up and lowering that inertia. It's just been fostering community, trying to have that sense of togetherness, even when we're not in a rehearsal space three times a week. And I think so far, you know, that's worked well for us, but it takes constant tending. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys have clearly done such a good job of that. I can feel the connection and the love that you all have for each other. Before we wrap up, I wanted to ask about this last song that we're going to feature. Well, it's a Charlie Puth medley. And I wonder if you can talk about how you chose which songs from Charlie Puth to include in the medley and then why Charlie? I think the first step was sort of recognizing that a medley is a possibility. The Pensions performed a Childish Gambino medley actually before my time, but I saw the YouTube video before I joined. I was really impressed. And that kind of got me thinking. And actually last spring for our social distancing series, I did a medley of Wham songs. The precedent was sort of already there. And for me, I was doing a lot of the work on the arrangement. And the medley was kind of a fun challenge because you have to try to figure out which songs work well together and you have to figure out how to transition between songs. And if these songs are in different keys, how do I handle that? So that to me sort of was more fun than just trying to arrange one song. So I was sort of already partial to the idea of doing medley and in terms of like which songs it was definitely sort of a trial by error sort of thing I mean there were some songs which I thought about including and then Evan said you know maybe you should do something else and, and obviously took his feedback and Charlie Puth I mean I don't know voice notes to me is just one of those rare albums where I love every single song on it Charlie if you're listening please listen to our medley I felt like he had some characteristics of his voice which sort of fit with mine and I felt like I could do it a justice and I'm obviously super pleased with how it sounds. Gentlemen, before we take a listen, I just want to say thank you so much for your time and for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. As we say goodbye to the pensions, we will be hearing Dan O'Sullivan's rendition of the Charlie Puth medley. Dan is a soloist. Uh, it's arranged by Dylan Levine and Dan O'Sullivan. And here are the pensions with their Charlie Puth medley. Thanks for listening to this week's The Pulse, only on Acaville Radio. Remember, Acaville Radio is your home for the best in acapella news, music, and video. Only at acaville.org.